because as someone who likes the great outdoors, I was now stuck at home, not even touching packages that would come to my house. Like my husband would touch them. So I was taking drastic measures and um, my business. So because I was working during the day, my business had slowed down. But now that I'm home, I'm able to focus more on it and grow it more. And like Annie said, be more creative. I didn't apply for any help because I felt like I work from home. I really don't need it. Um, and I feel like other people need it more than I do. So I wasn't going to, you know, like take something that is needed somewhere else. That's good of you because there were a lot of corporations who took millions and they didn't really yeah. need it. <laughs> I'm sure you would have gotten just a few thousand just to get you through. Yeah. Yeah. So Anusha, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your brick and mortar? Because you, so you do mm -hmm. um, waxing services, right? Um, and so tell us a little bit about that, about how creative you've been, like you've been doing these really fun and interesting videos mm -hmm. for, for your clients. Yeah. Um, and for more than just your clients, right? Because a lot of people are now getting to see you because all eyes are on social media right now. So it's also right. a really interesting time to take advantage of the fact that people are watching. So yeah, um, I do provide body, full body waxing services, but with a self-care approach. So it's not only coming in here uh, for beauty services, right? When you come in, you're actually taking a moment for yourself. It's by appointments only. So at any given time, you're going to pop, most likely you're going to be the only client at my shop. So you have this own, your own space. You have the whole space to yourself. I actually have one of the best views of the Grand Concourse and Fordham, like that area, um, which is very serene, right? Um, so it's Surprise, more, so, Surprisingly so. Right, surprisingly <laughs> so. Once you step downstairs, it's a little yeah, different, yeah, but upstairs, yeah. it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's more of like the self-care approach and just really um, focus on just releasing any, you know, the typical stressors of being a woman on any given day, right? Um, I'm sorry, could you repeat what else? I'm sorry, I just got lost. No, I mean, so, so like, you know, we were talking about, you know, the programs that were made available by the city, yes. by the federal government. There was that employee grant um, that was yes. being given out, the PPP. Mm -hmm. You know, and some people had to easy. do unemployment. Then, yeah, then there's also the federal loans. I just want to know, mm -hmm. like, were you also, like, looking into those things? How successful were you? What were mm -hmm. the challenges? Because it was really a crazy kind of first two weeks. Like, it was very intense right. in terms of all the information that was coming out for small business owners. Right. So in regards to, like, the funding, I did try for the PPP. Um, and at the very beginning, they were... It was a mess. They were telling us to go through. So I believe Chase, if you were a client of Chase, then you were able to apply. You had first dibs. And if you didn't, you had to wait. You had to wait. Luckily, I yeah. had it. But by the time that I applied um, and heard back from them in general, it was too late. All the funds had been used. And the majority of the funds, as we know, did go to these larger corporations, right? I also applied for 
um, another loan. So I applied for the grant. Um, I'm sorry, the grant I didn't qualify for because I take a distribution of my business, meaning I cannot show um, employee taxes. Mm. So for those who don't know, employee taxes are one of the largest expenses in, in a small business. Like you are going to pay double and triple. And if you're paying your employees a week, that's where most of your, your income is going to go to. So as a small business who just opened up her brick and mortar shop, right? Um, her brick and mortar, when was it? Not even less than a year ago. Yeah, I just took a distribution a from my business because I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to reinvest all the, you know, the money that I can in my business to grow. Um, so I couldn't qualify for the, uh, for the grant. PPP, um, no, there was another loan that I applied for and for whatever reason, I didn't qualify. Although I was able to show all my bank statements and everything else that they required, I still wasn't able to qualify. So at one point, I just gave up. I just gave up. Um, I felt that it was too much of a headache for me to go back and forth. Um, my expenses are going to be there. I was prepared for a rainy, a rainy day. So again, like I ran, I felt like, yes, this could be beneficial for me. However, I'm not in dire need of it right now and let it go to somewhere, someone else who really yeah. needs it. So did you decide to uh, apply for unemployment? Cause there were people who are self-employed mm -hmm. that you can right. apply for the pandemic unemployment. Right. So yeah, we were able to apply for the PUA. Right. Um, so I was able to do that as um and that's my that's been my my Saving income grace. as mm -hmm. of right now yeah but yeah. it doesn't you know living in new york city alone our rent for your your residential rent alone is super high so imagine having to pay um residential rent and commercial rent you know yeah, yeah. and double the con ed summer is coming up, the con is, <laughs> the con med bill is going to go through the roof, you know? That's right. So it's just like double of everything and $600 a week, really. I mean, that's I pretty even, much just food and... Yeah, not even my residential rent. Not even half of my residential uh, rent <laughs> would it cover, you know? Um, okay. But with good faith and, you know, I think that because I'm able to create more during this time and I'm able to, you know, come up with a plan, a strategic plan of how to increase my sales, I think I will pull through. Um, hopefully the landlords, you know, are, are, you know, willing to help. I have, I did reach out to my commercial um, landlord and pretty much explaining like, what are my options? Yes. And my options were, you don't have to pay a late fee. <laughs> but you still have to pay the rent. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it sucks, but kind of feel like um, defeated in a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, no one was ready for this. And the terminology is definitely, you know, pandemic terminology is definitely not in the least because even our landlords weren't, um, weren't prepared for a situation like this. Yep. Um, but then again, it's like, what do I, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Right. Um, and I feel like I haven't had any um, resources provided me with options and especially with rent. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just a, one of the biggest concerns that I have.
yeah yeah i think that um i mean i doubt that most landlords are gonna like we're gonna see like every storefront empty Mm -hmm. i mean well now with now with the george floyd and the uprisings and you know who knows right what's gonna happen but it seems like people really want to you know save their communities they want to stay they want to rebuild they want to continue um I mean, yeah, it's kind of like really just taking it day by day, you know, and, yeah. and there's just so many people in, in the same situation. I just can't imagine. Mm-hmm. They'll give you time, I think. They'll yeah. Give you time. yeah. Yeah. And, and so, Idan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, because I see you have your t-shirt on and oh. you've been. So, <laughs> it's a staying home. I, um, so part of my uh, business is, I have, have um, like a t-shirt line that I, it's like a collection that I throw out every couple of months. And I was um, inspired by COVID. So I made a staying at home. I made a six feet or L shirt and it was sweatshirts and t-shirts and they actually sold a lot. I'm still shipping out orders, right, like right this minute. But, um, yeah, it was just like sending the message out there. Like, we don't know what's going on. But what we did know was if we stood at home, we could flatten the curve. And I was just getting frustrated with people not staying at home, not listening, having parties. I had neighbors having parties at that time. Oh, my God, and really? That's why I decided. Yeah, and it was it was already nerve-wracking for me, especially being pregnant. I think if I wasn't pregnant, I wouldn't have been so scared, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, but the, but the other scary piece is the fact that the Bronx, I mean, the whole city has been so hard hit. Um, I believe that, you know, in the zip codes where you are in, there is a high case rate, there's a high hospitalization mm-hmm. rate, there's high death rates. You know, I mean, that's real. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know a lot of people, you know, who have been impacted, who got sick. I know a lot of people who passed. I mean, how Same. did you know how did Yeah. So how how has that been? And, the, and then you being creative within your own business and sending the message and educating. So it was like a period of maybe like a month and a half into it. And you can ask Annie, I'm like, oh, I want to come out with a shirt. I want to come out with a shirt. But my creativity, it was just, it was gone. Like, I wasn't motivated to do anything because I was just, I had anxiety all the time. And I was just like, what's going on? Like, are we going to survive this? Am I going to just go do laundry, get sick? Or am I able to ship? Am I able to get t-shirts? Am I, you know, and... The first time that I did um, get my t-shirts in, it took a long, long time. So it kind of made me as a business suicide, but people were mostly understanding. Um, as far as deaths and sicknesses, um, my husband's a firefighter. So that's even another reason why I was taking it more serious. He's had people, he's had unresponsive calls for COVID. He had a case where someone was unresponsive and there were 12 people 
living in the house with COVID. Wow. And he had to wow. go in there. So things like that were, it was just driving anxiety. I wasn't letting me be creative. Um, but it was making me passionate about spreading the word and telling people to stay home and take it seriously, especially people that thought that it was a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That it was a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what did you do in your own household then when he would come home? You know, how so, did you how did you guys, you know, manage that? So now he instead of um coming home in his uniform, he takes it off at the firehouse, washes it there, and he comes home in regular clothes. We before COVID we never allowed sneakers in the house in the house so that's something we do this time we spray Lysol on the sneakers like we have a whole station in the entryway with gloves masks Lysol everything you could think of um yeah deliveries groceries we wash them all and he was the only one going out for groceries at the beginning when it was hard to get food deliveries that was another thing stressing me out um, I couldn't find Riley drink almond vanilla milk. I couldn't find almond vanilla milk online. Wow. So, yeah. So it was just like, it was a headache and he would have to go and search for milk and any parent knows when you're low on milk, it gets so stressful because that's what your kids want, you know, or mm -hmm, need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really, that's a lot, you know, mm -hmm. but it, but it is also, you know, how you mentioned it was a blessing in disguise that now you, you are able to be home and rest, you know, during your second yes. pregnancy. So, you know, congratulations on that. Thank I'm really you. happy for you <laughs> that you're having baby number two coming, you Thank know, you. so, you know, it, so you know, this all this brings brings me back now to, you know, the issue of, you know, the murder of George of George Floyd, um, all the uprisings that have been happening, um, all the different issues that people have been discussing um, from this right in terms of, you know, police, right, the relationship between police and the community, um, the big issues that we have in the criminal justice system. And, um, you know, people really wanting and seeking justice, right? And so then, you know, fast forward um, days after his murder, people w waiting for the arrest of all four officers. Mm -hmm. You know, we see the, the rioting and the looting happening in various places and one big hit was Fordham Road. Can you guys talk to us a, a little bit about that, about what you saw? Um, you know, I think, you know, Anusha, you have, you have a security camera mm -hmm. that recorded some, some of the stuff that was happening on the concourse. I don't know if the police has come knocking to your door asking for your video, but no, not they <laughs> you know, who knows, maybe they'll, after they, if somebody sees this, they'll be like, Hey, can we call her? Exactly. But tell, yeah. tell us, a, tell us a little bit about like what you saw, what you're seeing, what you're mm -hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. So um when was it? That specific day. It was like two nights ago. 
two nights ago. What's today? Thursday? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Wednesday, so Monday, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually have, um, my friends are actually first responders, and I'm specifically um, at the SDNY um, ambulance um, house on 183rd and Jerome, and they were okay. already getting calls um, about Fordham Road when they informed me, hey, Fordham Road is up in flames. Make sure that your, your shop is okay. So um, thank God for technology, I was able to just hop on and just use the surveillance cameras, the footage of what was going on. And it was something out of a movie. One moment, Grand Concourse, or what I can see of Grand Concourse, was completely empty. And then you'll see the, the cars stopping and stopping traffic, like in the middle lane, not even in the service roads. They were just stopping. And then out of nowhere, it's just like, a very planned out move of a group of people. Um, wow. And they happen to hit not the building that I'm in um, because I'm in like the corner and in a third story building, but they were able to, they actually uh, went into the music store and pawn shop that was right next door or that is right next door from my, from my, where my shop is. Um, and I couldn't see them breaking in or anything. I just saw them coming out. So that's how I saw that they had grabbed like the guitars um, and the tambourines. And this is a music shop that has been in the neighborhood for years. Yes. Mm -hmm. For years. Forever. One of the, yeah, is one it, of the is very it the few. One, is it the one that used, it like used to be on Fordham and did they move there? I'm not I'm sure not if it sure. was ever on Fordham. Okay. By um, I'm not sure if by a Latino guy. I think I'm not Puerto sure Rican. because every maybe light skinned Puerto mm -hmm. Rican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, him. Um, but I think the other music shop that we have in the Bronx, from my knowledge, is on Gun Hill by Boston Road. Mm -hmm. I don't recall seeing another one in the Bronx. You know, so yeah. when I see that happening. Of course, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to go and hit my shop up again. They're going to notice that there's something nice up there because I did have my, my box light turned on. Yeah. yeah, I left it turned on because it's a good touch to the Grand Concourse that mm -hmm. night, <laughs> right? Um, but this night, I was But it would have been a lot of trouble for them to run upstairs and run back. Like, they were well, trying to hit the... Yeah, and what my, my fear was that they were going to ignite something and throw it at the window. Yeah. That was my mm -hmm. fear. Not like they were going to get in because you really need to look for the entrance in, in, in my shop. It's not visible to all. Um, but, um, yeah, just seeing what chaos was happening was at that moment was nerve-wracking, you know? Um the next day we were able, I, I ran myself and I ran husband, Chris, we were able to walk down there. Um, I just wanted to make sure that everything was okay um, with the shop, even with the entrance. Um, and we were, while walking into Florida, we left at what time? Well, we walked over there by like like 9, 30. Yeah, 9, 9.30. And by that time, like, it was like a whole entire community of people out there bending down and sweeping and picking up glass and collecting wow. garbage That's it was amazing. a whole united effort to bring the community back mm -hmm. as much as possible which was really dope um 
And, you know, and it's a shame that it had to happen. I understand that it happens when um, we are fighting, continuously fighting for the same type of uh, cause. I understand it does happen, but I do question, I personally question, do these people even know why they were doing this? Uh-huh. I think they did. Did they have did, did they have a plan? Like, did they know if I hit up Foot Locker, Foot Locker is associated with such and such person in the government or such and such millionaire owns Foot Locker. So let me hit up Foot Locker. You know, that would have been like, okay, maybe you're doing it. Not that it's completely acceptable, but I could probably Maybe the strategy behind it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can process that strategy, right? Instead of like just, whatever mom and pop shop that you saw, people really don't understand the struggle that we go through being a small business. Trying to open up a small business alone, it's not easy. You can have a high credit score. You can be, you know, in business for three years. You can, you can show good credit and still the loan, the loan lenders will deny you because of your first and last name. They will ask for extra documentation and they will ask for co-signers, you know, and they will drag out the process for you. The insurance companies, not everyone is going to pay out. It's going to be very, very difficult for people, for, for insurance companies to actually pay out these small business owners. And don't even get me talking about the, the time and the, the heart that you have to have and the passion and the, um, you know, the, um, the compromising that it comes if you have a family. I'm, I'm, a sing- I'm single and I have no kids. I can put in as much time as I want into my business, but I also have a balance because I do have, a, I have my extended family, you know. But some people, like the bodegueros, the deli owners, that's their life. And they put in 24, 23, 24 hours a day, if that, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So for, for me to sit here in my living room and just watch that go down, it was really, I was really shaken up and I was, um, it was really heartbreaking to see and to see the, the, the aftermath of it. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be interesting, you know, how is the government and, and also in the private sector going to respond to help mm-hmm. places like Fordham Road rebuild Um, You know, and especially since, you know, there's already been all this money, right, that's been given um, through the federal government, through all these, like, so much was already happening through the Mm -hmm. pandemic. And, you know, Governor Cuomo is always talking about the potential of the state going bankrupt. Um, The city is $90 billion in the hole. And then then you have this. So, you know, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff will definitely compound and you know, hopefully they'll be able to come up with a real strategic plan that can help keep people in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Aidan, I wanted to, you know, for you to also talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, I think that there are, you know, people are on different sides, right, in terms of ideology, you know, when it comes to you know, the issue of, um, you know, whether it's like black, black identity politics or, 
you know, uh, if you're working for a corporation, right, of like capitalism versus socialism and what's its role and, you know, that you're working for the man, that you're, you know, all of those things. So, you know, at the same time, we want, I think, you know, for me also, I want to see our uh, middle class build up, you know, especially for the Dominican community. This is kind of how we move uh, move forward and have some level of social mobility, right, and not live in poverty. So how do you kind of like, you know, address those issues when, when, when you're confronted by it? Okay, so I, um, I had several situations and I don't know if it's because I'm pregnant and my hormones, <laughs> but um, I am really, I'm a compassionate person. I have compassion for everyone. And I always, especially after becoming a mom, I choose not to judge people on what they choose to do with their lives or how they take things in. So I was getting really upset with people that were going on social media and basically going like this to people that weren't posting, people that were quiet. And there was one specific person that was pointing out parents and or why why aren't you out there um, protesting for your children and you have black men and all this other stuff and I was just like usually I would stay quiet but I hit this person up I was like you know as a parent sometimes things are stressful as it is and there's COVID some parents aren't working some parents have their kids homeschooling there's a whole lot of levels to this whole 2020 period that we're living in yes and maybe if someone's quiet maybe that's their way of saying saying and you know just because they don't post about this doesn't mean that they care and I was hit with I was just hit with um basically someone telling me that I am black presenting and my husband and my son they're black but I'm black presenting and I've always seen myself as black and a Latina like Afro-Latina but the problem is and this is a whole nother issue growing up I've always been not here or there not accepted by African-Americans even though in college, I, I was part of Black Student Union and Latina Unidas. They accepted me there. But in our community, I have not been accepted <laughs> as like, now nah, you, like, they'll be like, now nah, you're not Black. I'm just like, but I'm colored. Like, yes. Like, I'm brown, you know. But I, I am, mean? but I am. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So to get this reaction from someone who was, who's like me similar backgrounds it like it just hurt so bad but um yeah like I just realized that people are just angry right now and they're just standing up for what they want and but they're so angry that they're not seeing other sides to other stories they're lacking compassion they just want to prove 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 and I'm right I'm right and I don't think it's right. I think it's separating us. We're supposed to be united. 
Like that thing that happened on Zeitman last night. Yep. That's now separating Dominicans from African Americans. They're putting us in a in a circle and saying that we're all racist when we're not. And yeah, it, it, it's just a sad situation. Yeah, and tonight there was a wonderful conversation on Instagram with La Brujas from Brooklyn. Um, I saw Nusha, I think you were you were on there and you mm-hmm. you saw the the things that they were discussing when it comes to you know, the issues of race, class, ethnicity, um, especially within the Dominican community. I mean, we are a very complicated community um, when it comes to those issues. And, um, you know, to have like this whole movement um, where African-Americans specifically are talking about the issues that are impacting them and then, you know, definitely Dominicans join in that, right? Because mm-hmm. we have suffered the same things, right? We've suffered from police brutality. We've had riots in Washington Heights back in 1992 in reaction to the killing of a young man by a police officer, um, a man who was actually like thrown off a roof and he was killed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, it, and it's tough because you know, a lot of the points that they made, I, I really loved it. And, you know, to people who are watching, if you if you have Instagram and you can take a moment to visit the Brujas of Brooklyn site um, and to take a look at the video on how they really break it down. They're both PhDs. Um, they teach on issues of race, gender, ethnicity, class, um, on policy, on, on a bunch of things. These women are, are brilliant. Um, you know, definitely take a listen to it um, to talk about the breakdown. But it's also, you know, but it's difficult, right? Because there is a lot of pressure right Mm -hmm. now, especially in a place like the Bronx, you Mm -hmm. know, and in New York City in general, right? Because going into the pandemic, there were already issues, right? And the Bronx and these areas are some of the highest poverty rate areas in all of New York State and even in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you have coronavirus hits, you have all these people who die in our communities. I mean, I'm sure there are so many people grieving from the loss. And then you see this, right? And, and we know that in the Bronx, we've experienced, you know, the fa- our fair share of police brutality issues from Anthony Baez mm-hmm. um, to others. Yeah. And Amadou Diallo, we, we all remember that. We all feel that. And, you know, I don't necessarily take a kind of like a moral stance on the whole looting issue. I do understand that it does hurt people economically. Um, mm-hmm. But I also understand that this is a way that people react because it happened in Los Angeles. It happened in Ferguson. It happened in Baltimore. It's like, this is what happens mm-hmm. when, when you have a police officer kill a person and not be held accountable, right? So, you know, I think it really is, was up to our, our government knowing this, that they should have really fully prepared for something like this, knowing right. that this could potentially occur. And they really should have plans around these things because this is not a surprise anymore. Right. 
This is not a surprise. So, you know, people need to be ready. And for example, you know, there should be, there should have been something like informed. And, th and this is the thing I think that we all need to learn from the pandemic and from this mm -hmm. is the importance of planning and the importance of informing people to prepare, mm -hmm. right? So if Floyd happened, you see people start protesting, what do you do? Send an email to all the business owners. Hey, you know, board up all your businesses, get everything ready because this could potentially occur and you can lose millions of dollars. Right. You know what's crazy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead, go ahead, Ida. Um, so before the, the protest, we would go into the city to actually um, get stuff to eat because the city's empty. Well, now, now it's not, but it was empty. So that was like the only place we would go. And driving down Fifth Avenue, the stores were mm. already boarded up. Sarah's, Sephora, all these big companies were boarded up already. Mm -hmm. Like someone told them. It, se it seems like, you know, all those folks are always ready. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're always ready for this stuff. They're ready for the pandemic, just like those elected officials who knew that this was happening and sold stock and got their money and secured all their thing, all their financial affairs before it hit, not letting anybody know. People know what's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? They can't agree. So, so I have a question here from, from my friend Suhei. She lives on the concourse as well. She's asking, do you feel that people are ending relationships because of it? And, and I'm feeling like because of what's happening with the riots and the looting and, you know, the issues of all the other issues that have come up around Black identity. Um, are you losing friends like on social media? So, yes, definitely. <laughs> so I'm very, I'm very aware of who my followers are. For instance, I actually have two social media pages, specifically Instagram. One for my very personal friends, and it's private. And it's about everyone that I accept, I know. I'm not going to accept you if I do not know. Then I have my business where it's everyone follows me, whatever, whatever. Um, on my personal page, I'm very aware of how I feel when when I'm able to see the same videos over and over and over and over of a black man being killed. It's not the first time that, it ha that it's happened. It's not the first time that I'm going through these emotions. So I personally chose not to share certain videos or not to post at a specific time because if I feel like this, I know my followers feel like this. I don't you have felt, enough You power. thought it was traumatizing. You felt it, it was, was a trauma. Yeah, I was causing trauma. Doing that, people, you know, I didn't want to play into the trauma aspect of it. If anything, I chose to, let's do, you know, how can we plan? How can we make a change, right? Also, I'm not a protester. I'm not a frontliner. I, it's just not within me. I do not like big crowds. I can fight for the cause, but I'm going to fight it for my home and still have an impact because I'm doing the work from my computer. I'm calling the numbers. I'm donating and I'm sharing the appropriate resources. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I mean, and and that's, and that's important to highlight, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's so much work to do. um, And there's so many levels to this, Mm -hmm. right? There are people who need to march and need to be in the street. Absolutely. That needs to happen. There are people who write, there are people who write, they'll write a poem, they'll write an op-ed, you -hmm. know, they want to educate or inform people through that medium. Right. right. There are people who have money and can give money. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful if you can give money and give time. But if right. you can give money to the organizer who is doing the work effectively the work. and they need your support. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just so much to do. Right. And mm-hmm. so and the other thing is that, like, you know, like good Catholic girls. Right. A lot of people who were raised in Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's the philosophy of you don't tell your right hand what the left hand is doing, mm. right? Like you could be doing good work, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be anybody's business. And right. if it's righteous and generous and it's between you mm-hmm. and your God, like you don't need to be telling anybody right. what you do or how you do it and how you contribute to whatever is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the in the so I'm actually, um, I have a best friend who's NYPD. Um, and through her, I've actually met, and I actually have a lot of family members, a whole side of my family members that this entire, all the siblings, this is siblings, like seven siblings, they're all NYPD. And they're all NYPD. It's, re- it's pretty like. Yeah, but didn't, didn't your sister, Sabrina, wanted to be an officer? Is she like, and still does. she's not an officer, but she still wants to be an officer. Yeah. You know? So. I understand just like it's it's like pulling being pulled both ways right because I can have certain conversations with certain people and I can explain and I know what my best friend is like I know her as a person I know at the end of the day when she takes that uniform on off she's still an Afro-Latina woman who identifies with our struggle right Mm -hmm. but she has a job to fulfill and she's in that position to make a difference. That's her goal, to end the injustice, right? But when people see my friend in uniform, they're just seeing that uniform and they're seeing the injustice. They don't see anything else, right? And for the most part, there's people that you can have that conversation with. And for the other part, there's like, you can't. And that's okay. Yeah. I've actually had people unfriend me and I've actually unfriended people, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. again, at the end of the day, I am human and I am able to understand both sides. I understand that not every cop is, is a bad cop. And Mm -hmm. I understand that every, you know, that every looter is a thug or is doing it because of malicious intent, you know? So, I mean, um, even even with that, like people have explained Right. We don't we don't know the the full psychology behind someone who decides to go into a store and take something. Right. But we also have to like I also understand that we're suffering this pandemic. Mm-hmm. People have not necessarily gotten any money right away, right? If they're not working and they haven't right. received that unemployment check yet, or if they're not even eligible for that, and they're not eligible for food stamps and mm-hmm. they don't have savings. You know, and they're, and they're like, well, let me take this opportunity and go get some milk and some whatever yeah. and let me just take it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I know people that have not received one unemployment check since March. Yep. Not one. We are what? June 3rd. Yep. Imagine not receiving any type of assistance and your unemployment hasn't cleared yet because it's a whole mess and you have three kids at home. What do we think is going to happen? Yep. You don't think people are going to go and try to get things on their own? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think um, there's, there's definitely a mix. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there it could be a mix of, of all Absolutely. of those things, you know? Absolutely. And then, you know, there's the other reality is that a lot of people have been, you know, and I'm not being all anti, you know, but people have been let out of jail because of the virus. Mm-hmm. Some people have had no place to go and yeah. also don't have any money. This is just a whole... <laughs> Like, it's just, there's just so many levels. Like, you can't say that there's this one kind of person right. that's out there, except for the guys who took the guitar. I don't know why they took the guitar. And right? tambourines. Explícame. A tambourine? <laughs> well, if you see a, a, a new bachata group, we know where <laughs> The most, the, like, my WTF moment was that I saw a broken guitar right out my shop. So what was the purpose? You know, the yeah. Cardi B, what was the purpose? What was the reason? <laughs> that part, what was the reason? What was the reason? And yeah. then to go to the liquor store and walk out with two bottles of liquor? Yeah. Well, you know, um, Bronx 12 uh, in that morning, they had the helicopter flying over the neighborhood and they kept focusing on the liquor store. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you keep... And I wrote them and I'm like, can you show us the library? So have you seen the library? Has the, was the library impacted? Tell me. Oh, that. it was I impacted. The, yeah, I saw on the Citizen app that the library was burning. And oh. I didn't get to, I didn't see it. Did you see it? No, I didn't pass yeah. through there because at that time I was just like, okay. Like after I, so I cleaned up my area, like in front of my shop. And then I walked up and down the concourse, um, just assisting other people, whatever, you know, cleaning up. And then I just saw myself being emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. Like I went to Iran's house to have breakfast, a late breakfast, a late brunch. And then I came home and I slept for like four hours. Wow. It was emotionally draining for me, that experience, you know? From the night before, not knowing, like, are these people going to come back? Like, not knowing what Fordham Road and the Grand Concourse looks like at the moment. It was just an overwhelming emotional experience for me. So I didn't try to really walk around. Like, I did my part. This is what I wanted to do to help my community and to make sure my shop is okay. Y me voy para mi casa. And that's it. Yeah, it's really hard, you know, I think especially for, you know, people like us who are lifetime Bronxites and, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we know what the Bronx has been through. We know what the Bronx is like. We know what it's like when the Bronx was burning and that documentary that came out on that, like, we know what it's like to have a million buildings, a vacío, lots empty, you know, and we know and what it's like when people come in to fix up the Bronx and then it's just way too expensive for us to even reside in certain parts. That's right. So why even try to push us in that direction, right? Because that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen, right? These spaces can't get occupied. Who, who do you think is going to come into, that, into the Bronx? 
the real money makers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really terrible. Yeah. I'm trying to stay hopeful. So, like, you know, uh, any last words, anything else you guys want to, you know, share with us in terms of, like, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, you know, what is the, what does the future hold for you, for the Bronx, for your kids? I think um, this whole, um, like, the whole COVID thing definitely put things in perspective where it made me want to buy a house because I've been stuck in this apartment. And then the whole like protesting thing, like, and the looting, it just makes me want to step up and be, I've been talking to Annie and Chris um, about joining the community board around here because Mm -hmm. the park, I can't take my son to the park. You know where I take him? I take him to the botanical garden to run around because the parks have broken glass and it's like, it's 2020. I'm not gonna go all the way to Fort Tryon where they have beautiful parks and playgrounds to take my son. Like I should have that in my neighborhood. Yes, so I've been talking about it for months. Like I need to join the community board and Mm -hmm. this has pushed me even more. And it also has like pushed me to just um, do inner work so that I can show other people how to do inner work so that they don't take out their anger and they respect other people's opinions and their situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, think, I, I, oh, go ahead, Anusha, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just like, um, I think that for me, I definitely want to, um, I will be participating in my community board um, meeting as well as the ones in the precinct as well. They do have community meetings at each precinct that we can participate in, which will be the first step in, you know, like trying to make some change. Again, I'm not a frontliner, so I can do the back work. Um, But also even voting. I've been voting since I could start. (laughs) I was able (laughs) to start to vote because of my father who you know is very yes, into politics, yes, right? Yes. He and will hold you accountable for that. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. I, we've always been like, you know, I can't get away with that. And he's like, okay, you come in with me and I'm going to tell you who you're going to vote, right? So it's mm-hmm. been like that for the longest. But even now, I've made it my priority to actually research, do research on every candidate, especially within my district, because this is where it starts this is where we can make a big impact and then make the biggest difference for our children to come and for ourselves. Right. Um, right. So, and just, and this, this June is uh big. June, June 23rd is big. There's a lot of elections happening in the Bronx. There's a congressional Mm -hmm. race for district 15. Um, There are people running for the assembly. You know, 2021 is also going to be a big Big year because you have Mm -hmm. city council races and over half Mm -hmm. of the city council is vacating so you're going to have a whole new crop of people which is also going to be interesting to see who gets elected who's going to be really dealing with all of this because this is going to be the real group that has to do the planning for the future absolutely Mm -hmm. so i'm just spreading that and just pretty spreading that around like this is what we need to be doing this is where we need to get involved well maybe you ladies should consider running it for for council instead of just community. I think <laughs> I think because my dad is so into politics, 
it has like scared us away from it like to be on the front line of it but yeah yeah I'm working, it's not a front line <laughs> Yeah. yeah, your your dad is definitely maybe he should run. I don't know. But right. yeah. that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Bueno ladies, you know, I really wanna thank you for joining me tonight and you know for sharing with me. This has been really fantastic and you know, please, you know, I'm here whenever you guys need me in terms of as a resource, you know, you know that. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that, you know, everything will be okay. It's definitely going to be a lot of work though. There's going to be a lot of work to do moving forward. And I think, um, you know, one of, I do, I definitely do fear personally, like what's going to come in the winter, you know, like, what is it going to, what's going to happen? Is, is this virus going to reemerge? Like, what mm-hmm. is that going to look like? How are people going to deal with it? Are people just going to live with it and just keep doing the things they're doing? I don't know, but, mm-hmm. you know, those are things I think that definitely everyone should, should think about how, how they're operating, you know, and how they're doing. You know, and I think it's interesting, like, Anusha, with your business in particular, like, you know, how can there be like exceptions, right? If, you, if you're only seeing like one client at a time, you're doing all mm-hmm. of this stuff, you know, to protect yourself, to protect them, you know, how can you like keep operating and not have to, if it were to happen again, would you really need to close, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was operating very to the last minute on, you know, I was one of the people, I man had been warning me and I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, shut up, you're driving me crazy. You're gonna make me. I know crazy. that's how my, like, my family feels like that about me. I yeah. my family doesn't really like me right now. Because <laughs> I'm the one that's like, <laughs> you can't do it's that. the older sister syndrome. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, Sabrina really Sabrina had texted Iran one day. If you text me one more time about Corona, I'm gonna block you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, go get food now. Go and I'm like, food. I got food. I got three eggs at home. I got food. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so I worked at the to the very last day until they were like, listen, by 8 p.m. you gotta shut down. Yeah. Um, so I experienced it. Um, and like you said, I want to know what that's what it's gonna look like if I would what's going to be different now knowing that what we know now like going into the second wave if it, if it does happen uh-huh. will we shut down like we didn't now or yeah. will we be able to work but with the same type of precautions you know That's it right. is going to be interesting so why don't you guys just share your your info again um you know so that people know about the brazi the brazi shop and about the sweet mm-hmm. boutique and I'll make sure to, to post it if people are interested in, in taking a look at you guys. Of course. So you guys can actually follow me on Instagram. Um, the, lo- the Instagram handle is at the Brazi Shop. And you can actually check out the website, www.thebrazyshop.com to also book your appointments. Our calendar is going to open up to the public on June 16th. And we start seeing clients on June 23rd, given that... New York City opens up on June 8th. Yeah. If anything, that would change. That's it. Okay. And mine, you can find my shop at the Sweet Boutique. 
on Instagram. Um, also, a little note, um, every 13 um, pieces that I sell from the, oh my God, my mind just froze. Shelter in Place collection. <laughs> Your Shelter in Place <laughs> collection? Oh, that's cute. Um, I give away $100. Sometimes I give it away as a contest, or sometimes I find somebody who needs it, and I actually just cash up some. So, um, yeah. That's, that's nice. That's nice. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, ladies. Have a good night. And hopefully we'll, you, get to do, we'll get to do this again. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. All, All right. right. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.